Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me, every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Today, I have a special guest who is Jana Savage, who actually wrote the movie Wildflower. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that my husband, Kyle, started a production company called Morning Moon Productions, and their first film recently, very recently, came out on Hulu, streaming on Hulu, and is a really powerful, wonderful film about a dark comedy about a high school senior who has been raising her neurodiverse parents. It's funny and smart and all the good things. And a big part of that is the script, which is written by Jana. So I talked to Jana about the movie and about her career as a screenwriter and the strike and everything else that's going on. So I hope you enjoy this episode and you should go on over to Hulu and watch Wildflower. It's amazing. Jana Savage is an LA-based writer, producer, and actor. She is currently writing the sequel to a popular early 2000s film for 20th Century Studios and is joining forces once again with Wildflower director Matt Smuckler for their upcoming feature, Dairy. Jana is also a part of the writing team Murder, Inc., whose credits include Netflix's Hashtag Reality High and Universal's Praise This, 
Their Blacklist script Homecoming is set up at Lionsgate with Murder, Inc., producing alongside Mandeville and Get Lifted. And their feature, Black Don't Camp, is at New Line with Macro Producing. They currently have two television projects with Universal and are writing features for STX and Amazon Studios. I hope you enjoy our conversation. And again, go check out Wildflower. Welcome, Jenna. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thank you for having me. I'm very, very excited. Oh, well, you are not only the screenwriter of Kyle's produced movie, not just Kyle, but the whole team effort, Wildflower, which is amazing, but you're just such an accomplished screenwriter in general and have done such wonderful work. So this is such a thrill to chat with you about your whole history. Yeah. And now I'm a mom. So and now you're a mom. <laughs> Yes. Congratulations. So does it do you now not have time to read books or did you not really read books that much or what? You know, I'm I'm funny. I for for somebody who's a writer, I you'd think I'd read more. I read a lot of Stephen King books. I have since I was a kid. That was like the first book I ever read was a Stephen King book when I was eleven, which in retrospect was probably not great for my psyche. Or it was wonderful <laughs> because they they still remain my favorite books to this to this day, but I didn't have much time for them before, and I definitely don't. <laughs> I've tried, but I usually it's just a good way to get me to sleep. But um, yeah, I love them anyway. <laughs> How did you become a screenwriter? What happened between you reading your first Stephen King novel and today? Go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't I grew up in a family where you know theater and arts were important. My mother um, was a choreographer and I grew up a dancer. And so I always had a flair for the dramatic anyways. But I, I think, you know, it didn't really seem like entertainment was like a real path you could do being from like a smaller town in Maine. And so it was something I love, but never really thought about I could actually do. And then one summer, my friends had raised money to, to uh, shoot this independent film. And I had this small role in it. And I was like... So I secretly, I was in at uh, Boston University studying economics and um, I secretly started taking acting classes and then I weaseled my way into the communication school program out here in LA and I actually interned and I had no idea at the time like what amazing shows I was interning on. Like I knew they were popular, but I was uh, interning on the West Wing and Malcolm in the Middle and I mean, I had such wonderful access and I'm um, back in the middle. I was in um, the writing room. They didn't let me in the writer's room, but I, I was outside. I was an intern. You were stationed so. right outside. <laughs> but, I was listening. but anyway, I came to LA and I did come here solely to act. And I did for uh, about eight years. And then um, I auditioned for a sketch show in which I had to write my own jokes and I had no idea what I was doing, but I went in and I was so good that they didn't cast me. <laughs> they liked my joke writing. And so they asked me to start writing with them. And that's how I met my writing partners. I do individual projects, but I also do, I write with two partners and they really taught me how to write. And so I, I kind of, people say they fell into something. Like I, I really did fall into writing and realized that I loved acting, but like I really loved writing and I could lose myself in writing in a way I never really did with acting. And so you'll notice I still write myself little cameos. Yes, yes. you did a fabulous job as a policeman. Thank you. And so, yeah, I I credit my writing partners for teaching me on, um, I I totally lied when they said, do you want to come write with us? I was like, yeah, I'm a writer. I am a great writer. And then I turned in my first script in Microsoft Word and I thought if I did the tabbing, 
correctly, they would notice I didn't have final draft, which shockingly they did. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's how I, I came to be a writer. And um, I love it. Wow. So what are some highlights from the acting part of life? So, I mean, I, I had I had a lot of good success in commercial acting, uh, which I loved. Most people might not say, oh, this is the highlight of my acting career. But I did a couple of Blue Buffalo dog food commercials. And I do dog rescue. And so one of my shoots was literally just a menagerie of dogs. And I showed up and it was so funny because they were all these beautiful, like purebred dogs. And I was like, oh, can I have the mutt? Because I do rescue. And so they gave me the mutt who was like not trained. Oh, no. I had the longest monologue and I got all the way to the end of it. And the dog would just slowly, because I had my arm around it, slowly lean out of frame right at the end after I had done the whole thing. And so then he ended up getting replaced by this beautiful golden <laughs> I loved acting and I got to act in another one of my movies that I got cut out of. <laughs> but I mean, Wildflower is the first movie where, you know, it's out there. I'm so proud of it you know, to tell people to go watch it. And so it was actually as for one small scene, like it was nerve wracking because, you know, the tone of the scene totally changed from the time I wrote it to the time we shot it. Mm. I tend to write a lot of comedy. And so it was kind of a comedic scene. But as we went to shoot it, Dash Myhawk, who who is in the movie, he said, you know, I, I don't think this is like a funny moment to my character. I think this is a really dramatic moment for him. And so I think we should play the scene more dramatic. And I was like, yes, of course, that, that totally makes sense. And so it went from kind of supposed to be a little bit of a gag, like a almost um, Kramer versus Kramer gag of like, don't you open that back door to the police car? Don't you do it? And then he does it to him really showing up and being very, very nervous about you know, why his wife is in the back of the police car. This is out of context in the movie. But, um, you know, I ended up having to like kind of manhandle him and cuff him. And <laughs> I was like, gosh, it just more, even more respect that I, for actors, because it's, you know, one thing to be behind the camera, but in front of it is like, a, a you know, a whole nother ball game. So, but that was really, really fun to see, like, you know, watching people say your words is like so thrilling. It's a different kind of thrill to be in front of the camera. And then I was like, okay, I'm done. This is great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I don't have anything else to do. Um, so I, I'd say that was a pretty, pretty good highlight. <laughs> Wait, tell me about the process of writing the script. So Matt had this family story to get across and you linked up with Matt and tell me what happened and how, how did you, yeah, how did you take that story and turn it into what it is? Cause it is like a dark comedy yeah. and maybe talk about what how you would even summarize the movie. Yeah. So Matt and I had, you know, worked on another project which hadn't seen the, the light of day, but we just worked so well together and we had such a similar weird sense of humor. And also just, you know, as a director, he just is so like supportive of the writer and, you know, always there to kind of push you along. But, you know, just allowing you to create and then really taking your vision and then making it his vision while still maintaining your vision. And like, that is just such a gift for, especially for um, film writers. So I could just tell through that first project that I was like, Oh, we, you know, we should find something else to work on. And it's funny because we have different kind of memories of how Wildflower came to be, but mine is, and of course it's right. Cause it's mine. <laughs> It was that, you know, we were talking different projects and I kind of said to him, like, what are you most passionate about directing? And he said, 
he had said a narrative version of this documentary that I did, you know, on my family. And so I was like, great, send that to me. And so I watched Wildflower and it started and I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be nice. It's going to be sweet. I get what this is going to be, this, this documentary. And I, and I was wrong as I watched it, it was sweet and all those things, but it was so much more. It was like, it was so funny and sad and real. And I was like, oh, this is, this is actually something I would really love to do. But I knew like, I didn't want to do a straight drama, just knowing my, you know, the way I tend to write. So I said, I, I, I want to do this as sort of a dark comedy coming of age. You know, are you open to that? And he was like, yes. He said, I think it has to be that way because it's, there's too much, you know, serious subjects and sadness to just make it a straight drama. And, and I think in doing so, it allowed us to really pull out a lot of the joy and humor that you saw in the documentary. Um, and it was a challenge because you, you're always trying to walk that fine line of, um, laughing but not laughing at and that's you know something that we tried very very hard hard to do um so yeah so once we decided we were doing it admittedly at the time I wasn't you know very busy <laughs> we're working on another script together now and he's like so you'll be done in uh two months right and I'm like oh different time but um we we wrote it super quickly we had no attachments and it was I very much credit your husband for reading it and seeing something in it. And he, you know, I think from the time we wrote it to being in production was like, I don't know, a year and a half or something, which is nuts. And Matt is a very like prolific, celebrated commercial director. And I was like, don't get used to this. This never happened. <laughs> but, you know, we, we just, he had such a vision and the pieces just fell together so quickly. And um, yeah, the first time I sat down with Morning Moon producers, you know, I was convinced and I always tell this story because I'm just, I'm a, I'm a screenwriter and so I'm so used to being like rewritten and I was like, they're just, I know what these guys want. They just want to get this script and then they're going to take it and give it to their big time Hollywood writer and I'm going to be kicked out of here. And they're like, we don't want to do that. And I'm like, yeah, right. And they really didn't. It really was not. It's funny that we laugh about it today now that I know them. Um, and really, you know, how how supportive they were uh, of me and uh, my script and the process and and Matt. It was just a dream come true because, again, you know, as a, as a screenwriter in film, so much of the time you're not involved all the way through. And I, you know, something I'd said to Matt was like, this is, you know, so important to you and it's so important to me. And I just I want to be a part of it in an, a supportive way throughout. And I got to be in it. It's like the coolest experience I've ever had. And it's just I'm so excited for it to come out, you know, um, and for people to see it. It's amazing. Well, the script really brought to life the complicated nature of of what it's like to be sort of a neurotypical child of two neurodiverse parents. Mm -hmm. I think that's the respect. And I know you worked with respectability on all the terminology and making sure everything was great, which it is. I mean, there's so much respect for every single person in this film and it's so moving and, you know, really makes a difference. It really shows a side of, you know, what is it like to live with all different types of people and yep. what does it mean for self-care and all of that. And, and I have to say, after my younger daughter saw the part where B is making herself cereal and then like cleaning up the kitchen and doing all of that, I mean, I literally used to like pour her cereal. Anyway, from then on, she like, she would go in the kitchen and just, she's like, oh, okay, 
got it. <laughs> like, it was so powerful. Like, I'm like, she was taking care of both her parents and the household. Like, I'm just asking you to like put your dishes in the sink. <laughs> so I mean, I think that was the thing that was so beautiful about the documentary is there is such a obviously an independence that she had because she was kind of because of the situation that she was in. But I think, you know, it's that balance of, of, you know, she was able to do certain things, you know, that maybe other kids her age couldn't. And there's pros and cons to that. But I think, you know, we really just wanted to show a family, you know, like this is a family and these are their challenges and these are their joys. And, you know, it wasn't easy for anyone involved, but we want people to go walk away from the movie, you know, first and foremost saying, I, we just watched a story about a family and this was this particular family, but the universality of it, yeah. we're hoping that really shines through because the drama, you know, in-laws, generation, intergenerational, all those things exist in almost every family. And it was just, this was a, another, very, you know, obviously very big layer that was added onto it, but that's what we, we really wanted to highlight. And, and I hope, I hope we did. We wanted people to be able to feel like they could laugh, even though this is such a difficult, you know, subject. And so we hope we accomplished that. You totally accomplished that. I mean, it was so funny. I mean, and it comes, it's all from you. I mean, it's really <laughs> awesome. Um, I feel like I'm having a funny week. I've read like two really funny books and now talking to you about this funny <laughs> script and the way you write comedy. It's, it's great. I mean, it's like that dry humor, you know, like very witty and it's just hard not to laugh. It's, it's great. So. He's close to kind of sarcasm, dry humor, which got me in trouble a lot as a kid. <laughs> I was like, I'm just being honest. I don't know why I'm getting in trouble. <laughs> you know? And then you come to LA and, and uh, everybody's so nice. And then you start, you know, throwing your sarcasm at them and they're like, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm very nice. I swear. <laughs> but yeah, that was when my, my family, I have a very large family that's all back in Maine. And they, um, you know, when it came out on VOD, they all, they rented it and all sat down and watched it together. And that was, you know, something they were saying, you're like, oh, that's, that's you. I've heard you say that before. <laughs> so it it was really fun to be able to kind of infuse that in a bunch of different voices. So I, again, and I credit, you know, Matt and I having the same kind of dry, weird sense of humor that he, <laughs> people don't always get it. So you, you appreciate it when you find someone that does. I think most people are getting it. People are loving the film and so great. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help. And I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. Yeah, I think, you know, even just contrasting the two families, I know you said this is so universal, but even just having siblings and seeing how like most siblings don't have identical families or identical child raising yep. things. You know, my brother was like always getting in trouble as a kid. And now like if any of his kids misbehave at all, you know, it's like, hey, and I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Do you remember what you were like? Do you know, like I can't. <laughs> worse stuff. So um, anyway, everybody has their own styles. So for anyone with a family. Yeah. It's for anyone with a family. And yeah, I was gifted with such amazing, you know, people to base these characters off of. And, you know, we did take liberties and fictionalize things, but the spirit of, of the characters are these real, these real people. And so many of the stories and scenes came from some were somewhere in the documentary, but a lot of them were stories that I had heard. And I kind of had to, you know, obviously imagine what would that conversation have felt like, you know, are gone. But I was gifted with such amazing people, you know, and there's a scene in the film where, you know, one of the grandmothers busts out singing. Mm-hmm. And there was, and I think it was an outtake from the documentary where, you know, one of the grandmothers did it. It was a Frank Sinatra song, which we, we couldn't afford in our film, but <laughs> I saw that and I was like, oh my, like, who is this person, you know, that, that, ironically not you know bust out into song when nobody asks them to and so it was like those kind of gifts that I was able to just kind of explore so that was you know it it was obviously very nerve-wracking because I I, there is a character in the film that is representative of the director and his wife who I know obviously (laughs) and so I really leaned into it I really leaned into the Santa Monica-ness of them and their family and the world that they're in and when I first sent the script I was like oh my god are they and of course it's still it's a fictionalized version of them but you know I was kind of nervous but they they loved it they were so supportive his wife was that made it meant everything to me, you know, for her to read it and and feel like 
I had done her family, you know, justice since that was really, really exciting. So it was, it was a huge gift, but also very nerve wracking. And what is it like when you're doing a script like this on your own versus when you're working with your partners? Like, which do you, do you have a preference? Like where, which stress level is higher? I think different parts of the, of the process are more stressful. You know, I love working with my partners, you know, when we're, you know, the, the process looks a little bit different because when we're the, there's three of us, you know, we, we sit down and we, we outline everything together, all the characters, all the outlines, and then we break off and we kind of break the script into thirds based on like, oh, I really identify with this part of the story. And then we come back together and we just rip it apart. And so it's a lot like a TV room type thing. And so the outlining process is very, you know, we need to be on the same page before we go off to write. And so that's like, my least favorite, just because it's so much like, it's just so intensive and there's so much debate and it, it can be fun, but it's exhausting. But by the time you're done that process, you know, you've had three people really, really run it through the mill. Um, and so there is so much fun enjoying that, but it's also, it's exhausting because you're, you're, you're fighting for things that you believe in and it, you're constantly having to check yourself and say like, okay, why am I, why am I pushing so hard on this? Is it because I wrote this, this page or is it because I really, you know, feel that this is important. And so it's, it's tiring, you know, but when you're doing it on your own, obviously you have more freedom and I can go into an outline much more fluidly because I don't have to, you know, be on the same page as I am by myself, but then, you know, you you wonder you know you don't have the outside notes yet so you're you kind of are constantly having to mind to check yourself during that process so i i find both processes very challenging and i love them both and i think it's nice to be able to kind of go back and forth and and even in you know i was able to you know produce wildfire as an executive producer that was just another thing where it's like it's nice to be able to take a beat away from writing and be on set and practice that muscle and, and that kind of stress. And, and so it's, it's kind of, I, I'm very lucky that I've been able, that I I'm able to kind of move between these different experiences and I love them all. Multi hyphenate. Yes. <laughs> Actor, writer, producer, everything. <laughs> yeah. What are some of your next projects? Um, so it's an it's an interesting time right now, as you oh, know. right, of course. We're in the writer's strike. We're in the writer's strike. So all all you know, writing has halted. I'm I'm very lucky. I was able to before the strike, I was able to finish up a project, which I can't say the name of because it's IP. It's a sequel to a early 2000s teen movie. Oh project that a, a solo project I'm doing, and I'm really, really excited about it. I think it's gonna be so fun nerve-wracking again because it's 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 a movie with a bit of a cult following and so I'm hoping I do that justice and then with my team uh, I'm doing first ever animated film that I've done and again it's another IP which I can't say the name of but it's a um it's a spin-off of one of the the characters in that universe and it's very 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 fun so I look forward to being able to pick up on that after the strike I'm also doing a um basketball film with Chris Tucker, which uh, after the strike we'll be able to pick back up on, which I'm super excited with my team. And then just a lot of, you know, trying to, the one thing about a strike, which is, I wouldn't say nice, but it does allow you to have time to work on some specs, you know, that you don't always have time when you're under contracts. And one thing I'm really excited about is Matt 
the director of Wildflower and I are are doing um, a coming of age horror film. Ooh. Yes. And that I'm very, very excited about. And so that is a challenge. Again, it's like I'm one thing, but we with Wildflower, we were always kind of walking this line of what what is the tone of this movie? What is this movie? And we were like, trust us, it'll work, it'll work. And then we're like, it's just gonna work. So this is one where there's a lot of humor, drama, family drama. And it was really just really inspired about my my experience growing up down the street from Stephen King and being, you know, influenced by his books and how that kind of shaped the way I saw the world around me. Um, so I'm super, super excited about that. And so we're looking forward to hopefully having a resolution to the strike. It's been a long time coming. And so I'm very supportive of it, but also eager to get back to work doing what I love. So amazing. Um, do you have any advice for aspiring screenwriters? I would say, or writers of any kind. I think, you know, in this business and in, in, in general, I think it's such a hard at times, lonely venture. And, um, I think from like a holistic level of a human, I found that, what I think allowed me to persevere and stay was just having a full life, you know? So like having things outside of this that made me feel good and helped with my feeling of self-worth so that I could charge my battery to Mm -hmm. not only do the work, but then also sustain, you know, the long road that, you know, unfortunately there are a lot of rejections and there's, you know, a lot of challenges. And so for me, you know, that was always like, I do animal rescue. And so like, for me, having that sort of outside love and passion was really, really important to me. And so that's not, you know, specifically in writing, but that was something that was very, very important to me. And then I think the other thing with my path of writing is like just being open to your success or path being a little bit different than you think it might look. You know, I started as an actor. I think if I had been shut off to the idea of writing, you know, because it wasn't, you know, acting, I funny enough would have gotten less acting opportunities that I've gotten, you know, since writing. And I think just being open to it looking different, you know, and within writing, you know, there's so many different ways, you know, TV writing is like a whole different world than film writing, you know, is novel writing. And so you might fall into another version of writing than than you really expected, but to be open to that because you might love it, you know, even more than you imagine. But I think, you know, it's the same thing everybody says, just don't stop. You know, I think, again, in anything that's very, very hard, you have to really love it. And if you, you know, really, this is what you want to do in those times when you want to give up, you you won't because there's no other option, you know? And, you know, some people find out like, hey, this isn't for me. And and that's totally, totally fine too. But I think that's what kind of keeps you going. It's like, well, what else would I do? <laughs> it's a good thing when you have those moments of like, yeah, I could quit, but then what else would I do? You know, I'd be miserable. And that's kind of, that's a huge gift. You know, I, I have a friend who said, you know, that's amazing. You know, she does, you know, she's never felt a passion like that for any, mm-hmm. any sort of job, you know, she has in, in other aspects of her life, but you know, I don't, people don't always think of that as a gift. And I think it is a gift to go, well, 
you wouldn't allow yourself to do anything else. And that makes it kind of simple in a way to get through those hard times. Yeah. Just do it. You got to get through it. (laughs) There's going to be really great times and really crappy times, but man, the good times are good. And say the same thing for your new motherhood as well. (laughs) So so worth it. The end product is so worth it. Well, Jana, thank you so much for coming on Mom's No Time to Read Books. And thank you for writing such a fabulous movie in Wildflower. So exciting. It'll be on Hulu June 23rd. And can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and so much for your support um, of our project. It means so much. Of course. Okay. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.